Hey everybody, it's Gene Martz, and thanks again for coming back and joining me on another episode of BizBooks. You're either listening to this or watching us on our YouTube channel, and I'm glad you're doing that. This is the channel where I interview every other week uh, really smart, really great people that write really smart and great business books. Books that I wouldn't normally read because I'm lazy, but because I'm doing this show, um, I'm forced to read a new one every other week, and uh, it has definitely improved my life. This book has approved my life significantly. It's called Automate Your Busy Work, Do Less, Achieve More, and Save Your Brain for the Big Stuff. My guest today is Ida Kintonk. He is the founder and CEO of Jotform, who, uh, Jotform, full disclosure, I've uh, partnered and worked with them before. I'm a big fan, my customer of Jotform, so is my wife. She has a nonprofit and uses Jotform, you know, tools and forms all the time. Uh, Ida Kintonk, first of all, thank you so much for uh, joining me. Thank you, uh, Gene, for having me on these books. Uh, yeah. I love your show as well. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this will be a fun conversation because it's all about productivity. Um, and I want to, you know, I, I've been through this book, you know, backwards and forwards. I've got nine pages of notes here, but we're not going to get to it all. But I, I do want to, you know, ask you some specific questions about um, your your strategy and your approach to productivity. But before we do, uh, I can give us a little, I don't, I don't know you at all. I know, I know job forms so well. Give me, if you can tell me a little yeah. bit about yourself, um, how you came to find, you know, start job form and why you came to write this book. So, um, I was working as a developer in New York, uh, for a media company around like the beginning of 2000, between 2000 and 2005. And, uh, as a developer, uh, I was constantly was given this task of creating online forms. Like I was creating this survey, contact forms, payment forms, questionnaires. And I really didn't like it much. Like I, I wanted to find a way to like, you know, uh, find a product that can actually uh, take it over from me. Like I wanted to find a product, but I couldn't find a product. And that's actually how I came up with the idea for JotForm. And I automated uh, creation of forms. Uh, so I quit my job. I started JotForm. And, um, and and it turned out a lot of people also needed to automate uh, their forms. Mm -hmm. But what I found out was uh, it's not just the forms. Uh, forms are actually just the first step in a journey. So there's people actually have a lot of uh, business, uh, you know, operations, business communications, processes. And uh, like they need to automate those things. So I was helping them automate creation of their forms, but not just, I, I wasn't stopping there. I was helping them, you know, automate the creation of emails, uh, like triggered emails or document generation, you know, all the other step up there, they're like transferring the data to other providers, like, you know, other products and creation of reports like spreadsheets. So like people, had a lot of needs and uh, I was answering them with, uh, with, with form, and, um, yeah. Um, and I can also, you know, talk about the book if you would like, please. Yeah. Uh, so, so how the book came out. Yeah. The how idea. did it come out? I mean, I, I kind of feel yeah. like doing what you do and running a company like JotForm, um, you're, you, you probably have had a lot of thoughts over the years of saying, you know, this is, I've learned so much about automation. I got to put it down on, you know, in writing. Is that, is exactly. that sort of what happened? Yeah. So here's what happened. Um, so I started JotForm and I was, it was going well and uh, people, you know, loved it and it was growing. But like around like three, four years into JotForm, I was spent all my day uh, with like busy work from morning to night. Like yeah. 
I was answering emails. I was doing support. Uh, I was like, uh, you know, dealing with all the things like, you know, accounting, legal, HR, you know, ordering office supplies. So I was doing all these things and I wasn't, I didn't have time to really work on important things. Sure. Like how to, you know, grow my business, grow JustForm, how to, you know, make the product better. And right at this moment, uh, Google actually came up with uh, a competing product. Google Forms came out. And uh, and I thought, okay, if I'm going to spend all my day like with busy work, and this is actually like, you know, small business or like startup 101, right? Sure. Uh, you want to work uh, on your business, not in your business. And I was working uh, like the meat book. And uh, so I was actually spent all my uh, work, all my time in in my business as opposed to on my business, improving my business. So I thought to myself, here I am, helping people automate their businesses, automate their processes, and I'm I'm doing everything manually. Like I'm spending all my day in emails, <laughs> and so I, I decided, okay, I need to figure out a way to uh, really automate things, and that's that's how. I started uh, really thinking about automation in my own business. So, you know, uh, we started using Jot for more within our business. Uh, we started automating more and more things like uh, we streamlined and automated our product development, for example, how our teams work. And uh, we, you know, streamlined and automated our, you know, how we do support, uh, how we do, you know, marketing, like many things in our business. Uh, we were able to automate things and this allowed me to have more time on uh, really improving the uh, product and improving the, uh, you know, growing the business. And so, for example, one of the things that I was spending all my day was emails, like uh, I'm receiving so many emails, right? Uh, but I was, I was just looking at my inbox, like hundreds of emails, like I'm getting lost in my emails. So yeah, I, I was spending so much time cleaning my emails. So uh, I tried to find a product that can help me with, with this email problem, but like, I tried like 10 different products, nothing worked. Some of them were like, you know, they were saying AI. AI wasn't that powerful, you know, back then, but right. still people were saying like, we are using AI and stuff like that, but nothing really worked. And over the years, like I, you know, I, I, I kept look, looking for a good solution, but I couldn't find anything uh, as well. But while I was looking for those solutions, I, I kind of thought, hey, I could actually, I understood what I was looking for. Like what I really looking for was like priority. I wanted to prioritize my emails. Sure. Like I don't want to look at my email inbox with all the like uh, sales emails, like all the like newsletters or spam. I want to, when I open my emails, I want to look at the like top uh, high priority email. Sure. And uh I just want to look at one email and then right. just uh, process. Then I go. I want to go to the next email, and I thought, okay, I could actually do this uh, using Gmail because uh, we are using Gmail uh, for our business. Uh, so even though it's our, our domain, uh, you know, justform.com, we are using uh, Gmail in the backend, and uh, so Gmail actually has uh, has two features: uh, uh, labels and filters. So I was able to actually build an automation just using these and be able to end browser uh, bookmarks. And mm -hmm. I was able to basically solve my own problem uh, using Gmail. And what I did was I created three labels, level one, level two, level three. And 
I created filters so that an if an important email arrives, it goes to the top high priority emails go to level one. And uh, people who I communicate with, if they send me a direct email that goes to my level two and all, all the other emails that I care about goes to level three and all, all the emails that doesn't uh, fit into one of these criteria, they just you know drop in my uh, email inbox. And I'm using browser bookmarks so that uh, when I click on uh, level one bookmark, I will just see the top high important, uh, you know, right. top priority emails. Like, you know, my uh, my publisher is Wiley. If someone from Wiley sends me email, so I set this filter. Uh, if someone from Wiley.com domain sends me an email, it goes to my level one. So of course. Uh, this is great because like between meetings, if I have like very little time, I can just look at my top priority email and I can process them. So I don't have to, it's not just about like, you know, spend all, all day in emails. It's also about uh, like feeling a sense of, uh, you know, uh, you know, not being stressed about like if I miss something sure. uh, and that, that was really helpful for me, that solution. And while I was doing all these automations, I developed uh, a kind of a framework and I call that the automation flywheel framework. Now, uh, when I started writing the book, I, figured that out. But uh, yeah, I talk about that framework and I give a lot of examples in the book. And mm -hmm. uh, that's that's how the book came out because I needed to solve my own problem of busy work. And uh, I want to share what I learned while I was solving my own busy work problem with the world. So let's let's dive into that operation, the automation flywheel that you have, right? I mean, it's it's you you dig into it in detail in the book. You've got this this wheel where it you know you you have dividing and conquering the problem and designing and implementing the problem and refining and you know iterate the problem and then you've got you know all the sort of like tasks around it workflows and automations and systems. Can you you know it's obviously we can we can dig into the details by reading the book, but I'm wondering if you can give us sort of a thirty thousand foot overview of what what this automation flywheel is and why it's so important for somebody who wants to automate, um, you know, tasks that that's, that's making them unproductive. Sure. So the automation flywheel is a, is a, obviously it's a flywheel. So it's, it starts slowly, but, uh, it gains momentum and, uh, you know, helps you not lose energy. It's a process of continuous improvement. It's not just something you do once. It's not just something, it's not a project you do, you know, for three months and then, hey, everything is automated. Let's stop uh, doing this. It's a process of automation, uh, continuous improvement. And it has three steps, uh, divide and conquer, uh, design and implement and refine and iterate. Um, so on the, on the first step, divide and conquer is about understanding how you are spending your time, and really understanding your workflows. Mm. And so how do you understand how you how you spend your time on? Um, like and you're, and, and, I recommend in and if I could just is, say, like it's not just understanding your workflows, but it's it's mapping it out in advance, right? Like yeah. you can't you're you're big in this book by 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 emphasizing that you until you figure out what you want to automate, you can't automate. You don't just say automate, right? You have to know exactly. what you want to do and then you have to map it out. Yeah, that's the thing about busy work. It's just, there's just so many things going on. It's very confusing. Uh, it's like the my email inbox before, like there's just, you know, thousands of emails and uh, it's just easy to get like uh, demoralized and like 
you know, you think that there is no solution for it. But mm. once you actually really dig into it, like really look into like what's going on, uh, it, once you take the time, you can actually see what's going on. And that's one of the tools I recommend in the book, which I call the time audit. So what you can do, you do is like you can use your phone uh, form on your phone's clock app to like set alarms every hour. So every top of the hour, you have a spreadsheet and you put down like what, how you spend your last hour uh, with. And like you don't have to really enter like every single uh, minute, but you can actually spend like most of that hour was spent by, you know, doing this or doing right. that. So at the end of the week, you have the spreadsheet full of uh, your, your like a map of how you spend your time on. Sure. And and then what you do is you ask yourself two questions. What should I spend my time on? And what shouldn't I might spend my time on? And the second question is more important because yeah. really like those things that you are spending your time on that you shouldn't be spending your time on are things that tap your energy, uh, tap your time. You know, uh, it's just uh, like if you could like get rid of them, like you can actually spend your time, more of your time on things that matter. Sure. And sometimes we procrastinate, like we don't want to actually spend, uh, like spend our time on important things because we know that, you know, uh, it's going to be hard. Like there, there could be like big problems in our business or like whatever we are doing. Uh, so it's easier to just, uh, you know, uh, waste our time with things that doesn't matter because it's just kind of a procrastination. But sometimes it's just like, you know, we just have to, we just feel like, you know, we have to spend our time. The Eisenhower matrix is like important things and urgent things, uh, a matrix of importance and urgency. And it's just very easy to spend your time on things that are urgent. And even though urgent and unimportant, I mean, if something is urgent and important, you really have to like focus and fix that. Like it's it's very straightforward. So there is no problem with that. But the problem is, we are spending a lot of our time with uh, time sensitive things. Like someone is writing us like a texting us or someone is like writing us on a chat, like Slack room. And we are wasting like so much time yeah. on these discussions that that can happen like much more easily on email, on async communication, like on a form or something. Uh, so so once we ask those questions, what, should I, what shouldn't I spend my time on, which is the most important question, that we we can categorize those like those like how we spend that week uh, last week uh, based on that and then this gives us a map of where we should start automating. Mm. Okay. The other thing is uh, sometimes it's just uh, it's not just a single time task like workflows. They are not like single time uh, tasks like they are like. Um, so sometimes we wait for other people. Sometimes uh, we have to like. We have to make a request from someone else. Uh, you know, we, we are waiting for an email. It's just, uh, if it was something like I could just start and finish, uh, and that, that, that's that's much easier to automate or that's much easier to do as well, like streamline. But many times it's it's a team effort. Sure. Or sometimes you are waiting for a client. Sure. So all those like workflows, uh, it's important that you kind of draw draw those workflows um so on a pen and paper you could uh you could just uh draw them as a flow chart you can create like a workflow diagram and i describe uh, how to do that in the in the book 
but once you map those out, it's just much easier because um, even if you don't do any automations, even if you just do this, these two exercises, like the time audit and work workflow diagrams, you're going to actually save a lot of time because you're going to figure out, okay, I'm wasting all my time with this. Like there's this simple solution I could use. Sure. Or you, you're going to find ways to streamline your workflows sure. because it's just very, uh, like you are just constantly on a treadmill uh, that you never find an opportunity to, to, to kind of streamline them. But once you like write, uh, create those charts, like you see, okay, why am I doing this? Like I could just get rid of this step or I could just delegate this to someone else. I could delegate this to the machine, which is the automation. I could delegate it to automation. So, uh, so this is the first, uh, first step in the automation flywheel. And I just, um, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you there yeah. and just say that, um, for starters, I know you're a hater of to-do lists. Uh, at least that's, you know, that, that was sort of my takeaway from what you're writing. And meanwhile, so you would hate me because I've got literally, we sell CRM systems. I, you know, we use a, a Zoho for our CRM. So I've got a whole bunch of tasks in my CRM. And then I can, I literally, this is like a composition book from like ninth grade, you know, and mm -hmm. my to-dos, you know, like in this, in addition to what I've got on. So yeah. as I'm, as I'm reading your book, I'm saying to myself, like, Jesus, I am just fucking wasting so much of my time with these lists and the activity lists and whatever that if I actually took the time to invest in mapping out what I'm doing, I can actually see where I'm wasting my time and then make some decisions how I want to automate that. And that was my biggest takeaway. And I'm assuming that's what you want a reader to take away as well, to take a deep breath and look at what they're doing uh, yeah, because I mean, that's the first step, right? I'm not really against the to-do lists. What I am against is Creating the same to-do list uh, Wait, all the time. You right? say trash <laughs> your to-do list. <laughs> so, I mean, if we if you can actually turn, uh, if you can have a to-do to-do list, and if you are creating the same to-do list all the time, yeah. So why don't you take the uh, next step and then turn those to-do to-do list into kind of automations and yes. yeah, yeah, get rid of them, right? Delegate them to the machine. Yeah, I think that's the idea. I I, I think you know. Definitely, to do to do lists are important, um, and I think they are they are uh, they are great solution. But I think they are just like we shouldn't stop there. Uh, like we shouldn't just uh, stop creating with the to do list. We should go to the next step and uh, build systems uh, as opposed to like to do lists. And uh, that's what you know. Uh, that's what I'm talking about in the book. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. So okay, so let's say we've gone through this. We're still on the automation flywheel, and and the reason why I wanted to really focus on this is because it's it's the core of your book. You know, I mean, so everything you write about is based on this strategy. And so we've divided and we've conquered. In other words, we've we've uh, you know to see you know seen what what needs to be what what tasks what busy work we're doing um, needs to be automated. Then you have a whole second phase where you talk about designing and implementing, um, you know, automation here. And uh, that uses workflows. And one thing that always confused me, um, which you do write about, and I wanted to ask you to talk about is how you differentiate workflows between, you know, from, from business processes. What, what is the difference between the two? Um, I think workflows are also part of uh, business processes. Okay. So, when we talk about like business processes, business process uh, management or optimization, 
we are really talking uh, about all the workflows. So like we don't have a single workflow, uh, but what's happening is that when you have a business process, it involves like, it can involve multiple workflows. Right. So um, if you try to uh, try to like, just create business processes instead of uh, workflows, uh, the problem is like it can become too complex. We don't want to go too complex. Uh, that's why I think it's just uh, taking a smaller uh, byte I see. and creating workflow diagrams is is probably you know a better uh, you know step. But, I see. I mean, when you create all these uh, workflow diagrams, and it's not just for you individually; it's it's for your company. What's happening is that you are actually creating those business. You are also documenting your business processes, and you are you are then optimizing those business processes. And um, so, yeah, uh, I think you know. I think they are the uh, similar ideas, uh, but I would put business processes in a you know higher levels. Fine. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. So tell us about designing and implementing these workflows. Automate. So yeah. Uh, so the, the first step was the divide and conquer. Understand how you how you spend your time. Like what kind of workflow you workflows you do, and on the second step, you you are designing and implementing automations. And so now that you have all these uh, workflow diagrams, uh, you can actually start mapping out your automations, uh, and uh, you can decide like how you're gonna uh, automate your busy work, but. You cannot do that by just like thinking about it. Uh, I think you have to take a step. Like you have to, you you need to save time to make you you need to make time to save time. Mm -hmm. So you need to you know take the time. You need to like time box to do a research, uh, which is what what I did when I was giving the email example. Like I was I tried like ten different products, and when I was trying all these products, like they all had like these negative and positive sides, mm -hmm. but I actually. Uh, it it actually became like it was it became much more clearer for me what kind of automation what kind of system I need to build when I tried those products because I'm trying something and it doesn't work and I'm asking myself why this doesn't work because it doesn't have this feature because it doesn't uh, it can it cannot do this for me so I think it's very important that you take the time to research available products. And I recommend uh, like websites like g2.com and you can go to uh, g2.com and you, you know, we, we are in a great age. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I think we are in the middle of three uh, revolutions. Um, the first one is software is eating the world. Mm -hmm. And this was, uh, you know, said by Mark Anderson right. like uh, more than a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And basically everything is turning into software. Cars are turning into software, vacuum cleaners, like travel agents in the past. Uh, we would go to a travel agent, tell, tell them like what we want to do. And today we do everything ourselves. Like mm -hmm. we kind of do more. We do a lot of research, but we have so much freedom. Like we have so mm -hmm. many options now. The second revolution is the no code revolution. And when I say no code, I don't want to just limit it to the uh, products that call themselves no-code products. Mm -hmm. I think many of the products you see on gt.com is are actually no-code products. Even the Gmail examples I mm -hmm. give, mm -hmm. like how those filters totally and yeah, mm -hmm. all those uh, labels, they, you are building your own solutions. No-code mm -hmm. products allow you to build on your own solutions. Uh, 
solutions. And uh, JotForm is also an example to uh, no code because you can create your own solutions and we provide all the tools for you to do that. So um, there are like, like, we didn't have that like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe 10 years ago we had more, but today we have many more. Like whatever you want to do as a business, mm -hmm. that there are just so many options. Mm -hmm. Like in the past, uh, there was like products like SAP mm -hmm. and only big companies would go there and they would spend like millions of dollars and they would completely, you know, automate their business, like yep. change everything. But today, like small businesses have that, like they have mm -hmm. all these no-code products that they can automate things and 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 these products are flexible and many of them are like uh uh they have low prices they have like free versions platform yep. is free version and uh people can come and use the product and then they get uh and you know for a very small usage uh many people most of our actually custom most of our users don't actually pay us like they uh, because free version is enough for us but at some point they 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 use it so much that they start paying. So yep. it's a win win win. Even you know free users are win for us because at some point they're gonna become uh, paid users. I I, I do want to add in that um in in your book and for those of you guys that are watching and listening um you know I think it includes just a, you know, a bunch of a whole section of tools that he recommends and use for all sorts of different uses. Um, you know, some of them are low code, some of them are no code. You make, you make frequent mention of, of tools like Zapier, for example, and Mercado. And let's get back to your point earlier of, you know, it used to be, if you wanted to integrate applications together to automate something, you know, you'd have to call in an outside developer and they charge you an arm and a leg and, you know, they, they sneeze and something breaks and, you know, you couldn't get it supported. Now there are these tools and JotForm comes with all of this out of the box. And there's tools like Zapier, Mercado and others that they, they, they're connectors, and um, they they help automate by by synchronizing information between all sorts of systems, so it is a different world. I mean, I don't know how old you are, Adikin, but like I'm I'm in my fifties, so I remember just what a pain in the neck it was to do any of this automation even fifteen years ago. And now all you have to do is ask and do a little yeah. bit of research, I guess. Power Automate, I mean, by the way, is another good uh, another good set of tools from Microsoft. Yeah, um, products like Zapier and Make uh, Make it make it easy for you to actually connect these products with each yeah. other. So you, the, the automation solutions you are building, uh, you don't have to like just pick one product and like build all your automations that you can use like so many products. Like, you know, uh, you when you use Google Calendar, you can also use Calendly. Yep. Uh, you can like even JotForm integrates with Google Calendar uh, yep. that, you know, whatever you do, you can actually, you know, connect with it like all these products connecting with each other just uh makes them so much powerful and, and, and i think what, what's fascinating like, about that becoming I... more powerful than products like sap because each product is really focusing on the what they are good at yeah so it's like they provide so many options well it's funny that because it used to be back in the day clients would ask me um you know can i just have one application that does it all um and some software developers tried to do just that and then they they realized that it's a very, very set of specific expertise to create a CRM system versus an ERP system versus a project management system. So now these connectors are coming, you know, uh, become so popular <clears throat> and it's all because of the cloud, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, again, when I first started, everything was client server. So you have databases and, you know, and, and, and client devices, computers, laptops, you know, PCs connected to them. You needed to make any integrations or connectivity changes. It was a major, major thing. Now, because everything is cloud-based, 
a lot of these systems um, are, are much more easier to integrate together. The, the takeaway is um, you want to, you're dividing and conquer, you choose what you want, you know, what you want to automate, you start designing and implementing what you want to automate as well. Just know that there are countless tools out there to help you accomplish this automation. I mean, again, you know, Eddie Ken mentions a bunch of them in his book, uh, but it's something that, um, you know, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be hitting any brick walls when it comes to connecting your applications with others um, or creating automation. It's not a developer's world so much anymore. So you talked about those two things, right? We talked about software mm -hmm. eating the world and now the sort yeah. of the connectivity. What's the third? And the third revolution is, uh, gonna make these two revolutions even like uh, it's gonna multiply. It's it's multiplying these revolutions because I, think I know it's coming. It's, <laughs> yeah, you, you can guess right. It's the AI revolution. Yeah, yeah. And what AI makes it all these uh, like software and this task uh, cloud products even more powerful because AI makes them, makes them uh, more capable, uh, flexible, and smart. Yep. So. Yep. Every product, uh, when they start to use AI, they're going to get uh, much more flexible. So the number of use cases are going to increase. Yep. And uh, just, uh, you know, it's it's just the amazing, like, we are not seeing that right now, but, you know, five or 10 years from now, it's going to change everything like so much. Like, I'm really excited about it. And, and I have to ask you about that. And this does dovetail into what you write about automation and being more productive. But even at Jotform, right? I mean, Adikin, you guys... As a, as a productivity tools platform, I am assuming that you are spending a lot of time right now digging deeply into AI, uh, you know, chat GPT, auto GPT, uh, you know, conversational AI bots. You're going to be building a lot of this stuff into future versions of your platform. So, because I tell my clients, they ask like, oh, I want to automate, you know, and should I be creating my own AI? And, um, you know, my feeling is, well, just if you can be a little patient, a lot of the platforms that you rely on, like Jotform, um, they're going to have this built in. You know, that's what these guys are doing. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think the, the important word is built in. So, yeah. like, we could just add, like, a chat GPT interface to, like, Jotform, say, like, you know, uh, like, uh, enter what you want to create. Mm. Okay, you can do that. But I think, you know, it's kind of similar to, like, uh, what if Tesla just had, like, a, you know, AI uh, assistant that said, hey, uh, you know, do you, what do you want to do? I mean, I'm sure it has. I don't have a Tesla, but uh, but the real real value of AI is coming from uh, when the AI is used in the core, core yes. functionality, which is like self-driving car. Yes. So it's yes. not just about like an adding it as an add-on, but it's actually adding the AI as a core function to the product. And... Uh, I don't think we we found it, but we are looking for that uh, in JustForm as well. Like, how can we make it as a core part of uh, our product offering? You know, AI. And I think all of the products, all the SaaS products, are probably asking the same question themselves because now we are seeing like what uh, AI can do. Like, we are seeing, we are trying ChatGPT. For me, like for example, ChatGPT replaced Google for many things. Like. When I'm uh, when I need to research about something, I I go less and less to Google and yep. more and more to ChatGPT, yep. and it will give me direct answer. I don't have to like sort through ten different web pages. Yeah, uh, that it gives me an answer. Yeah, so it's AI is really exciting, and I feel like um, 
in the book, I give a lot of examples, but in 10 years old, most of the examples are not going to be very useful because like everything is going to change because of AI. But <laughs> just what I'm hoping that. for, and I'm actually pretty sure about that is the, the core, like this uh, automation flywheel and the, the core, the automation first mindset, the core ideas in the book is going to be like 10 times more useful because, because now they're going to be much more possible because of the AI uh, edition, yeah. You know, it's funny, you give the example of Tesla as well, you know, with AI, and um, I think, and this is all my, I have all these things I'm, I'm writing about with chat GPT and AI, but one of the things at the top of my list is that we've heard all these things over the past few years about, you know, IoT and internet of things. And uh, to me, it's gonna be AI of things, right? I mean, ultimately AI will mature where it is, able to drive cars and able to fly planes and able to operate machinery, um, you know, in, in factories, uh, cause it's, it's software, you know, and, and it will exactly. just, the more it gets trained, the more it will learn, the more it will be able to, uh, to do that stuff. And I realized there are some scary implications of that. Um, but at the same time, I think back to your automation flywheel, it still needs, if you, if you're trying to automate something, humans still need to decide what they want to automate and how they want to automate it. It's just that AI will make it so much easier to implement that automation, right? Exactly. Um, I mean, I feel like uh, like I'm also old. I'm uh, I'm 45, and I remember the time uh, internet uh, came out. Yeah. <laughs> so you're dating so, yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, I remember the times where we didn't have uh, internet. And I feel like with AI right now, we are, we are at, at that, like, you know, between the period between like yep. 90, 1995 yep. to 2000, yep. where there's just, we could see like, there is just so many possibilities, but the, it wasn't right here. Right. You know, it, it wasn't right. It, there was some good examples, but uh, it wasn't as common as uh, how internet is everywhere today. Uh, so, you know, uh, AI is going to be like that as well. Like, you know, uh, oh, this talk, this uh, this show is going to be like 10 years from now. Maybe <laughs> when they watch it, you know, people are going to uh, think that, yeah, wow, they, they were in such an old ages. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, this, this um, you know, you're right. This conversation is going to be quickly outdated. Your book, although, you know, the concepts of it will always be core and always be true, um, it, you're, you're, I foresee many updated versions of your book as you start conforming it to all the new tools. Okay. And, you know, it makes me laugh is that, you know, again, you go to, you go to great pains to list out all the different applications and tools that are available right now. And I'm really curious to see what that look, you know, what that list looks like, you know, years from now, let me ask you, I know we, we you know, we don't have that much time left and I, I have so many more questions to ask you. I just, I wanted to just kind of ask you to, to elaborate on some of the concepts that you talk about, or at least allude to in your book. One of the things you talk about is the um, the Eisenhower matrix, which which caught my attention. Can you can you tell us what what you mean by that and why why it's important for sure. automating? So uh, the Eisenhower matrix is uh, a matrix like you put the importance on one uh, you know one um, uh, one line, and then the you put the urgency on another, and uh, the the, the the problem is uh we are actually spending so much of our times on things that are urgent but not important like things that are uh time sensitive because mm. uh like there is we are bombarded with uh constant notifications constant um you know things to do 
and people expect us to uh, really answer them very quickly. I think it's important that we, that we change those expectations. So, uh, for example, I always turn off all my notifications. My phone is always on silence. I turn off all notifications on my phone hmm. and um, on my computer as well. Like um, even even like on the chat, uh, company wide chat, you know, it's always on silence and I will check it time to time. Same with emails. I check my emails when I want to check it. Uh, okay. and I start with the high priority thing. So it's, it's okay. important that, I mean, it's important to make sure that, uh, you are not constantly, uh, trying to, you know, uh, do urgent and non-important things. So, uh, so, but there are things that are urgent and important, and that those are really important. Of course, you have to take care of them uh, quickly, but there, there are not many things like that. It's actually most of our time is with the th spent things uh, that are time sensitive, but not important. Okay. And, uh, but here's the thing, the most important, uh, you know, cell in that uh, matrix is the non-urgent, but important things. So, uh, and those things don't uh, get the uh, time they deserve. So, for example, for me, um, when I wake up, uh, so you know, I, I send my kids to school, and then uh, I will I will go to gym, and I will you know spend an hour at the gym, and I will take a shower, and I will uh, have my coffee ready, and I will sit down in front of my computer, and here's two ways that I can take. I can actually, you know, check my emails, like do all the busy, I can log into, you know, the bank and check things and I could do all the busy work on mm -hmm. that things that are not that important. Or I could just time box and that's what I do. Like from nine to noon every day, like those three hours uh, are my, like the best times of my mind. Like I'm very, very clear, I'm creative. I feel like I feel very energized. Like uh, I can be very creative at those times and I want to use those times for important things. And it could be a strategy for our product. It could be the book, uh, working on an idea in the book. Uh, you know, so it's really important for me to time box that. And I, and, and in the afternoon, I'm usually like, I feel tired. I don't, I don't feel that creative. It's, uh, and it's not, it's not like those times I can spend, uh, you know, processing my emails, answering people, you know, I can, uh, use those times for, uh, less important things, but, uh, it's important that every day we time box those important times. And this also applies to automations, uh, as well, because the more we can automate, the more, uh, we are going to be able to spend more of our times on the things that, uh, that are really important. I love that uh, message. And, you know, and again, I, I do the same thing as you. I tend to block out times or certain parts of the day. I think we're all the same way that we work better than others. I think it's important to be honest with yourself uh, and say like, I know this is an issue, but I'm not at my best to deal with that issue right now. So I'm going to have to take a deep breath and table it and attack it at 7 a.m. tomorrow when I know I'm way more alert and, you know, my, my mind is better. So we have to be honest with ourselves on that. Um, I, I, you know, I can, let me ask you, 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 you tell a story in the book, which I think is really, and this is sort of like as a, as a final takeaway. Um, and I think it is enticement for people to read this book 
Um, you tell the story about um, when you had the birth of your second child. Um, here you are running this company. You know, it's a huge responsibility. I mean, John Form is a is a you know, it's a well known company. There's a, I know you got a lot of you know stuff you have to deal with, but you really wanted to you know take time off, like a three month parental leave. Um, so a lot of people watching and listening to this have similar similar goals. And maybe it's not parental leave, but maybe it's just, you know, how do I actually apply some of these principles real life? And I think you did. So I wonder if you could just share with our listeners and viewers, how did you, you know, how did you use some of these productivity and automation concepts to accommodate as CEO, you leaving the business for three months um, to be with your family? I'm actually doing that again, because I just had my third child. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) That was uh, that was like four months ago. Oh, and, sorry uh, to hear I'm that. I know. I mean, home. congratulations. That's, <laughs> that's why I'm actually at home right now, and uh, you know, I'm take I'm actually taking even longer this time. Um, and uh, I really believe in you know spending time with the family, and uh, you know, and um, so, but this requires uh, the having the mindset uh, to to be able to delegate things, and uh, so. Like for me, uh, on my second child, when I did that, uh, I think uh, w- one of the things that that allowed me to was my um, uh, I actually I didn't have a CEO, uh, Chief Operating Officer, so I I promoted uh, one of our top managers to to that position, okay. and then took the time to delegate meetings, and I also you know. Uh, automated more and more things uh, in my business and, uh, you know, use the techniques that I described in the automation flywheel uh, and automation first mindset to to be able to accomplish that. I, some people might feel like, oh, oh, he is the CEO, so he can actually delegate things to other people. But I think uh, it's, it's not just for, you know, uh, high level. In, in fact, you know, one of the things I found out uh, was actually when the more the higher you go the the amount of work you do and is increases and the the variety of different things you have to take care of increases uh so i think it's important that even if you are not like a you know high level manager uh even if you are an individual contributor if you set expectations with other people if you if you go and tell people okay you know, on these days, you know, I'm just focusing on this, uh, like if let's say you're a developer and, um, you know, I, you know, I, I don't do meetings on these days. Like I just uh, sure. focus on this, you know, I need to work on this uh, creative process. If you set expectations, you know, if you silence your notifications and tell people about it, like be open about it, like, you know, uh, I'm silencing my notifications, but, you know, if there's something comes up, you know, just uh, call me or something. Yeah, people are understanding actually. So it's just uh, people appreciate that, and uh, it's important to, of course, as a company, you know, you, you also need to support that uh, kind of mindset. But I think it's uh, uh, it's important to have that kind of uh, you know make it clear to other people. And in in my case, to to be able to take a very long time, I had to start earlier. Like I had to really assume that uh, if I'm not here, what's going to happen about this? Like how can we automate this process? How can we delegate it to to someone else or delegate it to to the machine? And um, 
how can we do without this meeting? Uh, and uh, that kind of preparation is kind of needed uh, for for taking a time like that. But yeah, uh, that actually helps a lot because once you do that, when you return back to work, you are actually the, the stuff you automated is yep. not coming back. So you can actually take the time uh, to to work on more important things or to have more children. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've kind of set the stage, Eidekin Tonk is the founder and CEO of jot for He is also the author of Automate Your Busy Work, Do Less, Achieve More, and Save Your Brain for the Big Stuff. This is a playbook for anybody that is looking to increase their productivity and leverage existing technology that's out there. I'm sure that there will be future versions of this book that will be talking about new technologies like AI that will also help us to uh, make our lives more balanced because that's what it's all about. Eidekin, thank you so much for spending the time with me. It's a great book and you're just doing great work and I want to thank you. Thank you, Gene. Uh, I love your show and uh, uh, thank you for uh, having me on your show. It was a pleasure. And everyone, thank you so much for watching and listening to Biz Books. My name is Gene Marks. I will be back again in two more weeks with another smart, well, probably not as smart as Eidekin, but pretty smart person, uh, an author writing a great business book that I know will interest all of us. So we will see you then. Thanks a lot for watching and listening. Take care.